welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. In this episode, I talk to Kilkenny Rugby Club PRO and former player James Blandfield. On the show today, we're going to chat about summer tag rugby, COVID lockdown, the men's teams returning to training, their plans for women's rugby at the club, Tim Corkery being capped by Leinster, Willie Duggan and the club becoming a Lions club of origin, and we talk about Gary Halpin's death and more. Today we're talking to James Blanchfield, he's the PRO of Kilkenny Rugby Club, former player as well. James, how are you? Good, thanks Stephen, and you? Sure, I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad at all. James, um, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of things, of course, uh, centering in on Kilkenny Rugby Club as well, um, but... Uh, I suppose I talk about this with everyone and we probably will for another while anyway with people, but hasn't it been a crazy year, particularly for rugby and sport? Uh, even the provincial competitions, the Six Nations, all that sort of crack. It's been a bit mad. It's been mental, yeah. Like I mean, if we had a sat down in a room 18 months ago and said, this is where we're going to be now in 18 months' time, I think everyone would have said, you're crackers. You know, but look, at, it's, it, it is what it is. We, we, we've come this far with it. It's made a mess of sport and everything, be it soccer, hurling, rugby. It's, it, we're all sport people, we're all sports mad people. We just want to get back into games. For me, the bit of interest has nearly gone out of it because I can't go to a match. It's grand watching the interprovincial or the provincial games on telly and whatnot, but you want to be there as well, you know, and have a chat with the lad on the street outside of it after and ask him what did he think of it. And, you know, you can't do that. You can't go for a pint after it or, as the fellas has talked to BS at the high counter while, while watching it, you know. So fingers crossed, come 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 the middle of the summer, July, August, September, we'll be we'll be mooching a little bit back into normality. Absolutely. Um Kilkenny Rugby Club, like all of them across the country, and that would have been hit hard enough as well. And not even from a financial point of view. I mean uh, the rugby took a fair big hit. Like we know mm-hmm. that the club GA championships came back and did a lot of that last year. But in terms of the Leinster League, all that sort of stuff, that really went by the wayside for local mm-hmm. rugby clubs. That was tough. It was really tough. And I tell you what, for us particularly, because we felt last year was our year. Um, might be big talk or might be big in the lads up, but David O'Connor and Ray Pembroke had pulled together a squad that was going to really compete in that league. And compete at the top we beat ashburn in the first day out who have been our nemesis since 2012. they've they've constantly beaten us and anytime we seem to have an upper hand on them they just pinch us at the post in the last two or three minutes of a game and this year we beat them in an absolute cracking game out foodstone i mean it was a cracking game and um we we went toe to toe with them and as what's after happening now is kind of that squad that team nearly has been lost there's lads gone there's lads gone traveling there's lads gone to work they're not available <clears throat> so you know that was a big a big issue that, that that's probably going to be a big issue for us coming into next season is we probably try to need, need to source a few players for instance tim corkery's older brother hugh he's been playing down with ul goals for the last four years he came back to us this year he was starting number 13 with the first for the Southeast League and the first Leinster League game. And season was season was stopped. And we believe now he's going away next year working overseas. So we're going to lose him. So look at they're the they're the cards you're dealt, you have to take it. But look at it's it, it we, we really felt first and seconds that last year was a season that would have been a, a successful season for us. The first won the Southeast League, seconds won the Southeast League, everything was moving, moving in the right direction. But look at you just have to as I said Play the cards you're dealt. 
Yeah, and yeah, Doc looking after the team there as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and really, yeah, no, there was there was a lot of intent there. I remember interviewing him before. Mm. I think it was early last year before every the pandemic started, mm. so to speak. And uh, there was a lot of intent, and you could hear like what you were talking about the bit of excitement going in that Leinster league and everything like that. And then, bang! So your place basically are sort of rebuilding. That your yeah. junior teams from scratch. Well, not from you scratch. Are. But yeah. You are, you are certainly rebuilding them from scratch, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard for I suppose Kilkenny and kind of don't want to play the poor mouth, but there's no third level unit level in Kilkenny, and players go to third level and they tend to play rugby where they're studying, you know, because they can get a few bob off a senior club or something like that. So we are losing them. There's a high turnover every year of youth players leaving and then older players coming back. But just on Doc there, like, I mean, Doc has made some unbelievable changes to how how we operate as a club. Like, he's he's not just a coach of a team. He has huge kind of respect within the club. And he brings that element of excitement, as you said, Stephen, to what everybody is doing. And people, because he was such a good player and such a good captain for the club, people respect him, you know, and he was an incredible captain for the club. And uh, people respect him and people kind of, how would you say retired players who who played with Dave when he made his first bow with the first team probably back in about 2005 or six older guys like Dinny Brennan and Neil Campion and Pat Holden they'd all really respect him and would nearly come out to support the team just because of him or if there was a little bit of help needed they'd come and give him that you know so Dave has been a has been immense for the club we just hope that uh, he 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 kind of sticks with us for the long term because Young young coaches like Dave, they're really ambitious guys, and they they are in they are in hot demand like with, with bigger senior clubs, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's the story out of the club now? Are the boys back training? Um, what's what's the latest? I suppose looking ahead, I suppose to the next Southeast League later in yeah. August, I presume. Yeah, well, they've been back training for the last four weeks, and in fairness, there's been really really good numbers at training. They've had kind of how would you say about 30 training every night so just breaking them off into the kind of the, the, into the into the groups within the restrictions and you know they're playing a lot of games just conditioning games and stuff like that and I went out a couple of times to look at it there's a really good atmosphere there there's good numbers and usually kind of off-season training pre-season it's dominated by younger players you know lads lads who are making the transition from from under 18 into adult rugby and they try to go out early and make an impression but this year, it's all it's all kind of, how would you say, established first and second players that are making up the numbers of training with a couple of youth players then coming in. So, look, at it's really good. Um, the, the, the Southeast League is on the cards, but also there's a Leinster Cup being played as well. It's kind of, how would I say, a segue competition to kind of get teams into competitive rugby earlier. So... That is kicking off. I think we're playing Monkstown in 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 Sydney Parade or Rodney Parade on um, the middle of August. So that's the first game. That's the first game that's on the schedule. We're looking forward. So we're looking forward to that. I heard I heard Dave the other night actually out of training, kind of telling the lads that's the objective, that's the target. So they've been back training for the last four weeks. I think tonight is actually their last session um, because I see. I think the season needs to be officially finished by by the end of May for insurance purposes. So then I think they're, they're finishing up tonight with their last session of the year. And then I think they're back training in or around the first week of July. And then they'll be building for that Monkstown game from them or from then. And uh, really, we'll probably try and blood a few lads and get a few new players in as well. 
and then after that it's probably into Southeast and then into Leinster League. Now I'm not sure, but I think the Southeast League is going to hold a little bit more clout this year. That has been a bit of an issue for the last few years that clubs aren't taking it seriously. But now I think there was a, a proposal put forward by the North Midlands branch that the winners of the respective uh, area leagues will go into a round robin playoff, and the winners then the the, the outright winners of 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 the um, of that competition will qualify for the All Ireland Junior Cup. Oh. So yeah, so I think I think annually it's three, maybe four teams from each province going to the All Ireland Junior Cup, and traditionally they qualify for that based on where they come in, where they finish in the in, in the league. But I think is what Leinster are doing this year is they're cutting that back to three, and then the winner of the the overall area competition will qualify as well. So that's good. It kind of gives the it gives the regional leagues a little bit more clout, you know. It does. It adds a bit of spice to it as well. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I, look, I don't know if that motion was passed, but I know it was certainly went. It, it was certainly being proposed anyway. But if it does, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, and like you were saying, I I, I was just thinking about it. Uh, when you said that you have to wrap up your season, it just sounds funny to say, well, we'll have to wrap it up and start it again. Yeah. You know, when you're only back. I, but I totally understand the insurance point of view as well. Mm. And if you did have the lads training all summer, mm. by the time you hit the Towns Cup next year, <laughs> it could be a bit Maybe weird. well worn out, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Lads be sick of it. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's the point. That's the point about rugby. Yeah. Like, and it's one of the things I enjoyed about rugby is that you're given your schedule at the start of the season. And that's your schedule. You know, and you know, I'm going to have four weeks where I'm playing a match. I have a weekend off there. I can sh- I can plan to go out with the lads for a few points, or I can go away with the family for a weekend, or do something like that. The season it has a defined start and a defined finish, which is great from a player's perspective, and it gives you certainty. And then there's always a few floating weekends built into it as well. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did uh, you, yeah, lads love that sort of organisation. Yeah, well, in fairness, they would, you know. And look, I packed in Hurland many, many years ago, and it was one of my bugbears. Is that kind of you didn't know on a Monday until the Kenny people came out on a Wednesday if you had a game or not that weekend, you know. But uh, I won't say I was ever any good at Hurland now or anything like that. But um, but certainly, I, I know a lot of hurlers who would like that level of um, of certainty, you know. Yeah, so the is our, the, the so training is wrapping up, um, but there is going to be action out in Kilkenny Rugby Club out in Folkestone during the summer. Um, tag rugby is coming back. You have had a very successful tag rugby tournament going back a number of years now. We have. I just I think tag is going back to Mick McGrath started. I think in about two thousand and five, and every year there's just been a brilliant pickup on it. Like people, people seem to love it. Like and there's people come out there. Like there's teams go training and everything for it. We had to call it off last year, uh, obviously, and uh, we kind of said we we kind of said around Christmas will we run tag rugby again, and we kind of said yeah we'll give it a go, and then Stevie Ashmore was running it. Stevie then kind of said well look he's not going to have time this year because he's set, uh, he's after setting up his own sports performance business, and he is working with a few GAA teams on that, so um, that was his time gone. So a few other kind of younger members came forward like Kiro the Wire, uh, Sean Flynn, Gary Doyle, and Liam Caddy. And they kind of came forward and said, look, we run it. You know, so they're running it now. So entries, entries are open. It's starting tomorrow. or starting today, apologies. And um, the 10th. And is what, uh, at the moment, I think there's a couple of places left. Not many. But if teams want to join, uh, it doesn't matter if you miss the first week. You can still enter and, co- and come out next week. It's going to run for 12 weeks on, th- on I think, Thursdays and Fridays. There's going to be two Fridays in it as well. And that, look at that, it'll bring a hive of activity. And you know what? People will probably be cautious, Stephen, as well, about kind of 
coming back out and kind of kind of gathering in groups, but it is outdoors. It's it's fast paced. There's going to like one one of the bad things is there's going to be very little hanging around like previous years. Like there was kind of a great atmosphere around it previously, where um, people kind of hung around the ground and maybe had a had a couple of bottles and got a lift home. We bit of barbecue. See if we can do it. Yeah, exactly. A bit of a barbecue. We have to see if we can do that as well. You know, but yeah. you know, immense credit. Immense credit to the four guys for stepping up and taking it on. And, you know, immense credit to Steve Ashmore for his work on it as well for the last three years. And everybody, it's just look at it's a bit of crack, you know. Well, it surely is. I played tag rugby for many years and started with Tullo and then into Carlo Rugby Club at a very successful yeah. tournament there for a while. It is the best of crack. Um, uh, even for some people, it was a, a small little feeder um, for the women's team and the men's team. Some lads played a bit of tag rugby, never played rugby before, got a taste for the next thing they're playing, J3 or J2. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we actually picked up a few players over the years through it as well, like lads who came to Kilkenny and were working in a place who were rugby players. Then they came out to the club and you could kind of see a lad, you know, you know a fella who, who had a bit of ball about him who played before, you know, he'd... He'd have the basics that, that others wouldn't, and you could kind of say, "Well, that lad played rugby before, and you'd ring, you'd ring Steve Ashmore, or Dave O'Connor, and say, hey, you need to come out here now and tap up this fella. He's he's living in Kilkenny, he's working in Taxback, or he's working in Modjeville, or somewhere like that. Go get him.' And, you know, we've we've picked up a few players over the years through that as well. Yeah, it was a great feeder in Carlo um, for mm. the ladies rugby team, the Coyotes yeah. back in the day. That it was formed, I think, off the back of that. Um, so no, but yeah, I know what you mean. The uh, tag rugby is great. It's non-contact. You know, we're meant to be. That's it. Um, you know, and there's no contracts given out. You know, yeah. you just go out there and have the crack. And I tell you, I've seen the competition in it is unbelievable. Like you know, when you oh, go to the social, like you know, and you can see people they're grinding their teeth at one another, and they're kind of oh, what's going on here? Like as a referee, you kind of have to say, hey, come here now. You just calm down, calm down, lads. Like, yeah, know, it's the summer, like you know, you know chill out. <laughs> as, as, as I often say to lads who get a little bit overzealous when I'm refereeing a game, I said, right, but I said if if you want to carry on like that, come out here in October on a Tuesday, Thursday night, and. Uh, we, we, You'll see how much of a big hard man you are, you know. Yeah, come out when training, there's frost on the ground. That's it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that led, that, you learn a lot from that, I tell you. <laughs> um, so that, that's the Tag Rugby Tournament. That's great to have that for, for 12 weeks. Um, There's one thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, we were talking, spoke about your men's team there as well. You had a, a successful women's team there, but there hasn't been, I suppose, much going on on that front over the last few years. What's the story there, James? Yeah, that's been like women's rugby. It goes back a long time in Kilkenny. Um, I think we were probably one of the first local teams in the southeast to actually have a rugby team. If I remember correctly, it was Danny McAvoy, a stalwart of the club, and Lee Selman were approached by a few girls, uh, Willie Duggan's two daughters, um, a couple of the Comerford sisters from Thomastown, Kate Hennessy and all these girls. said, Caroline Mahan, actually, they're all kind of saying, well, look, we want to, we want to play rugby, really. Will he facilitate us? So they, they all kind of came from rugby families, you know, so they would have grown up at rugby. And um, the lads said, absolutely, if you want to get going, we'll get going. And those, that particular team, they went they went on for a number of years and then they all kind of went their separate ways. Girls moved to Dublin, girls moved abroad, so it fell asunder. But probably I'd say in around 2006, Patrick McCurry and Richard Byrne kind of got it back up and running. Again, likewise with the previous team, they were they were approached by a few a few players who wanted to start playing again. So the lads the lads went out and played them, and they went on really well. And you know they had a lot of success. They produced an awful lot of very very good rugby players. Girls like you know um, 
Mags Hennessy, Kate Hennessy, all these kind of girls, and they played a lot of rugby, and some of them are still involved. But then, sadly, about four years ago, kind of that key, that team dispersed again. And as a club, we probably put our hands up and admitted our fault that we didn't give the girls' game enough enough of attention at underage levels. And uh, Gary Brickell was the and was the president at the time, and he moved it over to Patrick Tracy, and the kind of the committee kind of put an objective in place, well, let's go back to grassroots and let's start the underage girls again. Let's get it going from, say, shall we say, under 14 up to under 18 and get it going at minis level. So now, last year, we were at a point where, for the first time in the club's history, we had an under 14, under 16 and 18 girls teams uh, feeling, feeling on the same day. Now, they were fully self-sufficient. There was no overlapping players in any teams. So kind of Peter Hart, Derek Lawler, Mary Louise Brody and these guys putting in the hard yards with them uh, to bring them on and be there as coaches. But then the other really positive side of it is, is that on minis level, there's up to 50, 60, 70 girls out in the club on a Sunday morning playing mini, minis rugby, which is, which is really, really encouraging, you know. And then at, at, the far end, at the far end of the ladder, you have, I suppose, the adult girls and the adult women who are there. And Mags Hennessy and Rody Curran, they're working away just keeping those girls, keeping them in training, giving them give, giving them a couple of game, a couple of challenge matches a year they might enter the cup. They're not in the league yet, but the point is is that a lot of the girls coming through from under 18 from this year, they're a very good team, um, and they're going to kind of feed into the, into the women's team for next season. So fingers crossed it won't be long before we have an adult women's team backfielding every Sunday in the club, you know. Um, I need to actually say that Alice Brennan from our under-18 team has been picked on the Leinster under-18 girls squad. So you know, that's, that's, a, yeah, that, that's really good. Like, you know, four girls were sent up for trials and uh, Alice, Alice has been picked. I think she's a loose head prop. But kind of ironically, her mother has been a stalwart, Mary, um, Mary Broderick. She has been a stalwart of women's rugby in Kilkenny for years and years and years. You know, she played. She was, she was the life and soul of it. And she was kind of, Mary was kind of the gel that brought the women's rugby together. For years as well so you know it's great to see her daughter now stepping up and moving on and fingers crossed she can she can forge a bit of a how should you say a career out of uh, out of rugby as well you know Absolutely. and you can see it as well nationally like the women's game is buzzing like you know you can you can watch it on the telly there when they played the six nations a few weeks ago they're doing really well and girls like Bavin parsons you know they're 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 poster girls for rugby so hopefully hopefully it can move on now and we can we we, we can get it back you know Absolutely. That's the thing. Um, it's great to see more publicity. Um, and I suppose even from the bigger media companies televising the, the Women's yeah. Six Nations and that, the quality of the games, everything has gone up. The marketing is getting better. But like mm-hmm. you said, when, when the girls, the couple of hundred girls or whatever out in Kilkenny Rugby Club, Fookstown on a Sunday morning yeah. see that, you know, it's it, only good things yeah. can come out of it as well. Um, it's it. great. Yeah, That's it's it. great. That, yeah, absolutely. It's and, and they're an integral part of the club, like of any yeah. club, you know. And it's 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 kind of for too long, sport has been rugby has been male dominated. You know, it's you know it is a game for everybody in all shapes and sizes. Absolutely, um, tag rugby is testament to that as well. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what age you are or what size no. you are or whatever it is, how fast or slow you are, anyone can play tag rugby. That's so, uh, if there's uh, if you're interested, get in touch with James and the lads out in Kilkenny. The, the tournament it's, get, it's getting underway, but like you said, there might be spaces left there for exactly yeah. as well. Or if anybody uh, wants, like team teams are always short. If anyone wants to come out and play. 
you know, come out. You'll have to contact the team just with COVID restrictions. We have to register everybody, but you know, come out and play. Yeah, and the great thing about tag rugby for people that are listening that don't realise is that you can sub on and sub off as you like. Um, so you don't, you don't I mean, have to play the full match if no. you're wrecked. Like if it's a really yeah. hot sunny day, you're like, "Go, come here, come on for me." You know, we, we have a stalwart yeah. of tag rugby in Kilkenny. His name is Tristan Linus. Oh, and, Tristan. Uh, Tristan. Tristan is a sort of lad. You know, he'll get a ball and he'll make an old belt up the wing for about fifty yards, pass on the ball and turn around and. Someone come on for me God. here, you know, I'm done for a few minutes, I need a break. <laughs> my lungs are gone, yeah. somebody help me. That's it, and speaking about having people uh, blazing trails, I suppose, for Kilkenny Rugby Club, we'll talk about Willie Duggan, Gary Halpin, all those sort of people now later on in the interview, but Tim Corkery is flying it. He got capped for the Leinster senior team this year over in Italy. Mm. Um, he was playing last weekend uh, for the Leinster A team against the Irish underage and that as well. Tim is flying it. Um, and another product of Kilkenny Rugby Club, which is great. Yeah, yeah indeed. Look, at Tim Tim is an old head on young shoulders. Um, he's, like for anyone, I, I don't know Tim very well, but he's a really quiet guy. And he's oh, he's like a sponge. He's just always taking advice in, always listening, always watching, and looking to improve. You know, um, and you know, one of one of the funny things is, and as I said, I said, I said it to you recently. He Tim was coached by his mother the whole way through from from being underage. Um, Mary Louise, who I mentioned earlier on, like, she's really really good coach. But I don't think many many guys who have gotten to the level that Tim has gotten to. Can, can can say has that unique kind of feat of being coached by their man from the day they started rugby to the day they finished youth rugby with the club, you know. And he's he was coached by 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 Mick McGrann, Barry Daly, and Lee as well. But you know everything that Tim has achieved so far in his on the rugby pitch, he's achieved himself by by constantly looking to improve and going about his business nice and nice and quietly. You know, he was in a pickle there a couple of years ago when he was a, when he was an underage minor hurler as well. And he had an option of being a county minor, and you know, he went away and he made the hard decision himself. Like nobody was in his ear, nobody put pressure on him to pick rugby over hurling. He went away and made that decision himself, which for any young fella from Kilkenny is a tough decision to make. You know, because the draw of being a county minor hurler is massive. You know, but he 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 made that decision himself, and at the time, a lot of people probably thought he was stone mad. But you know, it's it's paying off now. He's in the Leinster setup. He made I think he has two caps for for two if not three caps for um the Leinster the for the Leinster first side. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's there with the Irish under twenty ones or Irish under twenties. He was playing against the Irish under twenties with Leinster A last week. He's playing he's on the bench with the Irish under twenties tomorrow against Munster A. So you know, we we have big hopes with him in, in the club. But um, look at we, but, but, but there's no pressure on him either, you know, from, from the club either, because everything he'll do, he'll learn himself, you know. And yeah. one, I suppose one of the tough things on him is the depth charts for number 10 in Leinster is, is phenomenal, you know. So, you know, when he gets to the end of his kind of his development contract, whatever he's on, or if, if he does get a development contract, you know, it's going to be a tough road for him at Leinster, you know. Maybe, maybe there might he, he might have to move on to get a bit of game time in years to come, but. Look, we we're all rooting for him. And again, it's another product from the southeast. You know, I mean, yeah. you Sean O'Brien. You had the boys, the, the Burns from Carlow, Tom Daly up in Connacht. You know, um, 
um, the boy from Gory over in Connacht as well. Like Southeast Southeast clubs are producing some serious Tyke players Farlow. at the moment. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tyke as well. Actually, yeah. Let's let, let's not forget Tyke. And you ask why certainly. You know, but the Southeast yeah. clubs are producing club producing players. You know, yeah, at youth level, more than the other regions are. And you compare that back to the work that's been done by the CCROs and YDOs, like Stecky O'Brien, Corey Carty, our own man at Kenny, Ben Devlin, and also their coaches as well at club level. So, you know, um, the big thing is as well that it kind of goes to show other young fellas locally that, you know, if if I focus on it and give, the, give it the time it needs, I could end up there as well, you know. But look, back okay. to the point, Tim, Tim is a phenomenal young fella. We're all so pleased for him. We have immense pride in him. Uh, he's the first Kilkenny man, I think, since the late 90s with Pat Holden to, to, to actually play play first for Leinster. Um, so look at fingers crossed. We any, anything he achieves, we we'll be happy for him. We're already we're already delighted for him. And if he achieves nothing else after that, well, so be it. But what he's achieved to date has been remarkable. It surely has. He's a good chap, and uh, a lot of about you were talking about the depth chart at under ten or under ten, as I at number ten. <laughs> um, it's it's all a lot of it is down to luck. If Johnny Sexton moves Absolutely. on and Ross Byrne decides to go to Connacht for argument's sake or whatever mm. it is, um, you know, there's always opportunities there and a lot of it is luck. We interviewed Ed Byrne and Tom Daly recently on this podcast and they say luck is a lot of it as well. And Tom Daly got mm. lucky doing injury cover across in the West yeah. with Connacht and now he played 15 games, started 15 games for them for Connacht. That this an season. Season. Yeah, I think he has. has to- he has to get yeah. he has to get game time against Japan and the USA this summer, like you know. I think he has. Uh, to. Yeah, he's on the fringes. He yeah. said anyway. He got a call yeah. from Andy Farrell ahead he's of the right. last Six Nations and that. So yeah, because he's he's big and robust. Like he's he's actually much more physical and bigger when you see him in the flesh than actually he comes across on the head. Like he's a he's a, he's a robust center, like you know. He is, absolutely. And speaking of legends of Kilkenny Rugby Club as well, um, we need to talk about Willie Duggan. Uh, the Lions Tour is coming up. Willie was a yeah. Lion, of course, himself, a legend of a man, a giant of a man as well. Um, but Kilkenny Rugby Club recently became a Lions Club of Origin, which is a lovely uh, thing to have as well, being recognised by the British and Irish Lions. It's such a big and historic institution. Um, but it was great. They were, you were commemorated on... Willie was commemorated, of course, on their website and everything, and a lovely mm. video put together as well. There was a lot of work went into that. There was a lot of work into it. We we, we became aware of the Lions Club of Origin, I'd say, this time last year. And um, I approached I approached Willie Jr. to see if the family would mind us kind of applying for this. And um, because I think I think in Lions rugby, Willie has always been seen as an Ireland Leinster and Black Rock man. Mm. You know, but I suppose his first club and his kind of, he was an out and out Kilkenny man, was Kilkenny. And um, I approached Willie Jr. to see if, if, if the family would be interested in this and he nearly bit the hand off us. So I went away to Lions Rugby and went through the application process with them and they they did their due diligence and went and checked and so came back and said, yeah, actually he is a Kilkenny man. He's he, he, he's not a dub country to what Absolutely. we call it. <laughs> so um, Jesus, like you know, we, we so we um, we went through the whole process and um, we went we, we we met the media company back there in I think it was November, and they interviewed the three lads: Dave Matthews, club president; Jer McDonald, our um, director of rugby, and Willie Junior. And they went through the whole rigmarole. We sent them on a lot of stuff, and then there was a whole lot of cutting and editing that went on. But look at the video; was secondary to it. it, it it's great. 
for for the Duggan family and for Kilkenny Rugby Club to get that, I suppose, that little bit of PR around it as well. But it's it's great to, that, that, to, to see Kilkenny Rugby Club, a rural club again, South East Club being recognised as the Lions Club, as a Lions Club of origin. And it was pretty cool, actually, as well, that the video of Willie Duggan was released two days after the Lions squad was released. Yeah, or was announced. So it was kind of a bit of an irony there as well. And I know I was chatting with Willie Jr. a couple of days later, and look, they, they were absolutely thrilled with it as well. But look, Duggan, Duggan was just a man mountain, you know. And, you know, for anyone who knew him, I, I got to know him reasonably well over the last few years. And for anyone who knew him, like, he... He had a way about him, you know. You always knew where you stood with Duggan, um, whether you liked it or not, or whether he liked you or not. You always knew where you stood with him. But I'm too young to remember him playing on the field, but I've seen a few videos. He was a non-compromising guy, but you know, behind it all, there was a, a desperately nice man there, and a man that lived and breathed Kilkenny, not just Kilkenny rugby, but lived and breathed Kilkenny. He loved Kilkenny was his place, like you know, and he lo- he loved Kilkenny and. Um, you know, he's an immense loss to the club, but, you know, that's life. We just move on and we remember him. And, you know, pe- pe- people at Kenny Rugby Club will tell you that our first team should be playing for Willie Duggan every day, you know, and they're probably right, you know. But, you know, um, so be it. Sale of E, as the lad says, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, he's passed on. And, you know, he, as I said, massive loss to the club, but his legacy lives on. And I think after that 77 Lions tour, the, 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 the compliments that were paid to him by the All Blacks, speaks volumes, you know, and I don't think anything else needs to be said about the man after that, you know. Yeah, Ashley's name pops up in any conversation uh, about rugby and that he's he's remembered that's how he's remembered. Um huge character. I think actually on some Anthony Foley he was the most capped Irish number eight of all time, if I'm correct. I, I stand to be correct yeah, about what I think far he wrong, yeah. 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 Incredible. You know, and what's more, after finishing with Ireland, he came back to play for Kilkenny, you know. Yeah. So he did a couple of seasons with Kilkenny. And then he went from there into coaching, you know, and he he he, he never he always stayed involved. Like his, he he had an immense, an immense influence on Kilkenny Rugby Club for for 40, 50 years, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just speaking of another dead of uh, Kilkenny and Gary Halpin recently uh, as well, mm. another another legend, Irish legend, and. Uh, Leinster and a couple of other places as well, yeah. and another another massive character. And of course, Mick uh, Galway yeah. now living in Kilkenny. Yeah. Uh, him and Gary would have been good friends as well. Um, but a huge been, loss yeah. to rugby as well. Huge loss, a huge loss to to rugby. And you know, I think I think Gary's loss. I never. I, I again, I remember Gary around the the early nineties up to the mid nineties with Ireland. But I never kind of was too young again, really, to kind of understand understand the what he was or who he was but it's only when he passed away that you actually realized how influential he was and how good a guy he was you know neil francis who usually hasn't a good word to say about anybody spoke so highly of him you know and, you know when frano speaks well as somebody you kind of go geez this guy must have been must have been something special and um, yeah i mean london irish harlequins leinster um an olympian you know an all-american hammer thrower you know the, the man was just unbelievable he went around the world. He captained London Irish. The great story about the 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 the, the announcement over the tannoy that there was a Volvo car blocking an emergency exit, and he left Gary scrolled over to the sideline and asked the lads to go out and move his car. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> he was just a larger than life character. And he became back involved with us about three years ago, three or four years ago. He came in as our forwards coach. When he when he moved back to Kilkenny, he was um, 
think he was he was a teacher over in Brecon College in Pembrokeshire yes. in, in Wales. And when he moved back to Kilkenny, we approached him because to see would, would he get involved. And he jumped at the opportunity because the Halpin family had been synonymous with Kilkenny Rugby Club for, for, for 60 years through his dad, Tom, before him, and then Gary, and then all of his brothers, sister Beth Ann and Mark and John. They were they were synonymous with the club. So Gary jumped at the opportunity to get back. And I was actually training with the team the night he came back, and he actually spoke. It was immense pride the day he came back to step into Fuchstown back onto the pitch to train us. You know, and you could see it in him. When he spoke, people listened like him. There was... Like, I mean, I remember he took a scrummaging training with us one night and was kind of going, going, well, this guy is a teacher. You know he's a teacher by the way he was speaking, the way he was, what he was telling us to do. But for a guy who who had been retired so long, the game, some might think the game had moved on, but he just brought it all back to such basics for us, telling lads what to do. That season, I don't think our scrum went back once, you know. And then he stepped away for a year because he got the job in Ross Gray, or kind of Ross Gray was demanding a bit more out of him. And he stepped away for a year. But then Doc O'Connor managed to get him back involved for last season. And unfortunately, then just the way it turned out, the season the season came to a sudden stop before Gary could really get involved in us. And the next we had heard, the next we had heard, he had tragically passed away. And uh, I think the outpouring of sympathy and the stories that have come through since um, were incredible. Tough for the family and all of his friends and so forth that they couldn't gather to kind of, uh, to respect him and give him the send off, a legend of his of his caliber deserved, you know. But sometimes, as they say, it takes someone to pass on to understand how and how high esteem they're held. Absolutely, and that man was incredible. It was, and like you said, it was an awful pity that we couldn't pay our respects in mm. person and all that. But can you imagine the, par- the party that would have happened? Uh, you know, in non-COVID times, the, know, you know, yeah. like Willie Duggan, the turnout for his, the players yeah. that came, the Kieran Fitzgeralds, the Brian mm. O'Driscolls, all that stuff was yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. You know, it it, it was it was unbelievable. You no, know? but actually, ironically, one of the best tributes I saw to Gary was from another Kilkenny man, the product of the club, Gabriel Fulcher, and Fulcher wrote a, a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal tribute to him. He was a couple of years younger than him, but they were obviously very, very good friends having played together in Leinster and again in, in London Irish. But for anyone who wants to see it, it's online there. It was it's on our club Facebook page. It was just incredible. And you could kind of get the sense from Gary that he was a man of many of, of knowledge, you know, like his his interest in films, his interest in food, his interest in geography, everything was just was just incredible. And I think Gabriel really really captured the man, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, James, it's been great talking to you on the podcast. There's a, there's a huge amount going on. Of course, we well, we have the Lions tour coming up to keep us occupied during the summer. At least it's a bit of rugby to watch in the Irish internationals. And then this podcast, of course, will focus more on the clubs. Um, then when when action returns with the Southeast League, like you said, or the um, the the competitions earlier on in the season, then the Leinster League and the Towns Cup and all that as well. But uh, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, Stephen. Look, that's good for now. Um, looking forward to working with you more in the future and. Getting the boys from Tullow and Carlo involved, hopefully, hopefully, and we can we can have a bit of banter as as, as we go on. And um, look at as I said to everyone, please feel free to come to Fuchsland, take up the game, or try a bit of tag. Or look at, don't be a stranger. That was Kilkenny Rugby Club PRO and former player James Blanchfield. That's it from the Knock on Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby. And of course, if you're into your GAA, we've got the Clash Act. 
about all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon.